This is the Aspen Public Radio Newscast. I'm your host, Eleanor Bennett, here with your top stories this Monday. A 22-year-old woman died after skiing into a tree at Highlands on Saturday, according to the Aspen Skiing Company. Kaya Williams has more. The incident occurred on the intermediate exhibition run just before 11.30 a.m. Ski Patrol responded promptly after they received the call and found the woman unconscious and unresponsive. They initiated advanced life-saving measures immediately and maintained contact with the emergency room doctor at Aspen Valley Hospital, but the woman did not survive. She was pronounced dead on the scene at 12.02 p.m. In a press release, Geco spokesman Jeff Hanley wrote, quote, We are deeply saddened by this tragic accident, and our thoughts are with her family and friends at this time. This is the first fatality of the season at any Aspen Snowmass ski area. I'm Kaya Williams, Aspen Public Radio News. The petition to recall Tony May from the Garfield RE2 school board had 2,880 signatures by Friday's deadline. Now, the Garfield County clerk has 28 days to verify those signatures. Caroline Yanez reports on what's next. The petition accuses May of bullying and intimidating parents and district staff and using his position as board president to push a political agenda in the form of the right-wing American birthright social studies standards. The initial count is about 500 more signatures than are needed to trigger an election for May's seat, and if enough signatures are verified, May will have five days to resign or face a challenger. Selena Nahad is the political director and director for civic engagement for Voces Unidas and worked with organizers on the petition. She says even though Latino students make up more than half of RE2's student population, there's a big gap between them and their white peers, especially after the COVID-19 pandemic. When an elected leader has lost sight of the mission, when they have lost the confidence of the voters in their community, it's time to turn the page and get somebody in there who's going to do the real work it's going to take to close that achievement gap. If May doesn't resign, Scott Belitho of Newcastle will run against him in a recall election. Caroline Yanez, Aspen Public Radio News. Aspen's own Alex Ferreira took home X Games gold last night with a win in the men's ski superpipe competition. Kaya Williams has more on the event at Buttermilk Mountain. This is Ferreira's third X Games gold medal. He also has two silver and two bronze medals, all in the superpipe event. But it's been a while since he stood on top of the podium here at Buttermilk. After his last X Games win in 2020, he landed near the bottom of the field in 2021. He opted out of the X Games the year after that to rest and recover from injury before the Olympics and had a rough crash in 2023 finishing in eighth out of eight athletes. In an interview last night, Ferreira said it was a beautiful feeling to be back on top. The event went just like he dreamed it would. Some of his young fans from the Aspen Valley Ski and Snowboard Club were pretty stoked to see it too. So how did it feel to see Alex Ferreira, who also did ABSC, win a gold medal tonight? Great! Parker, Jens, and Scott are all nine years old and all freestyle skiers. They say it feels pretty good to see athletes like Ferreira soaring to new heights in their hometown. Does it make you feel like you could do that someday? Yeah. Yeah. Ferreira won the superpipe competition with tricks like a 1620. That's four and a half rotations. 
His fans are working up to it with 180s, 360s, and tail grabs. From the Edless Neeson Arts and Culture Desk, I'm Kaya Williams. Some of the world's best skiers and snowboarders have been competing in X Games in Aspen since 2002, but the organizer's last contract extension only went through 2024. And as the Aspen Daily News reported yesterday, there hasn't been a new deal signed yet. Skiko is still in talks with X Games owner MSP Sports Capital about the future of the event. Seven candidates are running for three open seats in Carbondale's Board of Trustees election in April. The deadline to submit a nominating petition was last week. The candidates running are Jess Robeson, April Spaulding, Katie Tabor, Susan Ray, Christina Montemayor, Nicholas DeFrank, and Ross Cribs. The outgoing trustees are Marty Silverstein, Lonnie Kitching, and Luis Yanez. Silverstein and Kitching are term limited, and Yanez has chosen not to run again. Carbondale's municipal election is on April 2nd, the same day as Basalt's. Several local news outlets, including the Sopra Sun and KDNK, will be hosting a candidate forum for the Carbondale trustee race on Wednesday, March 20th. The Roaring Fork School District is increasing professional development funding for teachers and full-time staff. The district will use funds from the November 2021 Mill Levy Override to offer staff up to $5,000 annually for professional development. The funds were earmarked for retention and recruitment efforts, and the Employee Opportunity Fund aims to provide financial assistance to help pay for staff to advance their education. The district says it could also help them develop an internal pipeline where current staff can be promoted into hard-to-fill positions. Employees will need to pay for the courses and then ask for reimbursement during two annual application windows for spring and fall semesters. In local arts and culture news, Emmy-nominated actor and comedian Kevin Nealon will return to the Roaring Fork Valley this spring. The arts campus at Willits has announced a stand-up show with the SNL alum on April 24th. Nealon is also known for his roles in Weeds, Man with a Plan, and a host of Adam Sandler movies. And he's practically a regular in the mountains of Colorado. Tickets for his show at Takah go on sale to the general public tomorrow. The Glenwood Springs Community Arts Center will launch an ink and paint club this winter, and the first meeting is tomorrow. It's a chance to gather and socialize with other creative people in the community in a casual setting, hosted by artist Brian Weller. No experience is required, but participants are encouraged to bring their own art supplies, snacks, and drinks. There is a $12 fee for each class, and the club will meet on the last Tuesday of each month through April. Sessions run from 6 to 7.30 p.m. In statewide news, Colorado lawmakers are trying to reduce suicide rates by helping more people understand how to access prevention resources. KUNC's Lucas Brady-Woods reports they want to require employers to post suicide prevention information at workplaces. Colorado has the sixth highest suicide rate in the country. The Colorado Health Institute found that men between the ages of 25 and 64 are especially at risk, partly due to stigma around mental health issues. Bill sponsor Representative Stephanie V. Hill hopes having visible suicide prevention resources gets more people to ask for help, whether for themselves or someone else at risk. We all have a role that we can play in keeping those around us safe, and so we should all be equipped with the skills and knowledge to act and to be confident that we can be effective when we do. 
The bill would charge the state's Office of Suicide Prevention with distributing informational posters to employers. The materials would include ways for someone at risk of suicide to safely and voluntarily store their firearms. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods at the state capitol. The Aspen Public Radio newscast is produced by our news team, which includes Hallie Zander, Caroline Yanez, Kaya Williams, and me, your host, Eleanor Bennett. You can listen to the show every weekday morning on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and see you next time.